John Steinbeck is just kind of like on my meh list. Like he's not a priority for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, um, have you read Travels with Charlie? His like road trip memoir where he takes his poodle around. No, but I could get down with that. dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Today, we're talking about sweeping family sagas from classic to contemporary. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I am good. I have loved spending this month with the House of the Spirits, and this seems like the perfect way to cap it off with a few more family sagas. I agree. I was just kind of laughing to myself because I didn't realize that our pre-recording conversation was a little bit connected to this because because we were talking about birth planning (laughs) because we're both starting to expand our families soon we're both due with babies in the fall like within three days of each other and so (laughs) often that is a topic of conversation for us but I didn't realize how smoothly it would move into sweeping family sagas where we're talking about intergenerational stuff and a lot of babies being born across these books (laughs) yes our recordings often start that way but it rarely ties in so well to the subject. We will not go into our birth plans on this episode, but we will talk about generational stories and the families that we love from books. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so Sarah, this I consider very much to be like one of your core genres that you love. I like a sweeping family saga, but it's not necessarily something that I specifically seek out in my reading life. So what draws you to these kinds of books? And maybe like, when did you realize that this was your favorite or one of your favorites? I think one of the things personally that draws me to these types of books is I am an only child and I have like a pretty large extended family. And at various times in my life, I've seen them more frequently or less frequently. So been closer or less close. But I think I'm fascinated because of that. I'm fascinated with like big families <laughs> and reading about those types of relationships and interconnected lives. So I think that's always kind of been a a little bit of a personal pull for me. I also think that because I love character-driven books so much in terms of all of my reading. I love that a family saga lets you really go in depth with usually multiple characters. But even if you just have like one or two main protagonists, when you see them through the perspective of all of their family members, you see them across time, you get really to go in depth with who they are. So personally, and in terms of literature I like. I think that's where my draw is. But I'd say I only recognized that in the last 
few years. I mean, it, it wasn't something, and maybe this is more about publishing and marketing, where the phrase like sweeping family saga is so in the air in the publishing world that I recognized, oh, I have a name for this kind of story that I like. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's only been in my conscious reading mind for a couple of years. That makes sense. I definitely think that it has made more appearances in blurbs and it's just a matter of publishers, you know, realizing like that's a marketable term. I think that it's important for us to differentiate here as we love to do when we talk about subgenres. <laughs> what the difference is between a sweeping family saga versus a complicated family story. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a difference. I think there's some overlap there, but I think that there's a difference. So what makes a sweeping family saga sweeping? It's a great question. And I have to admit, I love both. Um, we could do a whole nother one on just complicated families. <laughs> but for me, I think sweeping mostly signifies like a time span that I'm going to get to know this family and these characters over at least many years, if not multiple decades or sometimes even centuries in the cases of of some of these books on our on our list. In lieu of like a really long time span, it would at least have to have, I think, a lot of characters where we're weaving in and out of different perspectives and getting a a broad kind of widescreen picture of this family. Is that kind of similar to how you would differentiate? Yeah, that sounds right to me. I definitely agree with you on the time. And I think that's probably um, where a lot of people's minds would go is it sweeps across Time or to me, sweeping could also mean like multiple locations. Mm. So a lot of immigrant stories I find, I find very sweeping because often it sort of is across generations, but maybe, um, maybe starts in India and then moves all the way across the world. Something like that feels sweeping to me. Um, and then I agree that sweeping can also be sort of across many perspectives to me, sweeping Not that these stories don't go in-depth and aren't deep, because they very much are. Um, But to me, it just, it feels like it's more of an overview of the family. You're not necessarily getting, like, in a complicated family story, it's just tighter. Like, Mm -hmm. the plot often feels tighter. And with the sweeping family saga, saga especially, um, you're just getting more... And sort of like a broad overview where you get to see the picture of the whole entire family, the whole entire lineage, really, across this novel. Yeah, I I think with a sweeping saga, it's almost like you take a step back and see a wider picture. I think a great example of differentiating between this is both of Yah Jesse's novels, Homegoing mm-hmm. is, of course, that sweeping epic saga, whereas her newest Transcendent Kingdom is more that microscopic lens and looking at the interior life of a single character. 
And they're both, I would say, complicated family stories. Mm -hmm. But one has that saga sweeping feel, the other more of that introspective, narrow focus. I think that I tend to like the introspective and narrow a little bit more. I'm still parsing it out because I feel like um, complicated family stories to me didn't enter my reading life until a few years ago. Like I had to reach a certain age in order to appreciate them. And I think the older I get, the more I do. But it seems to me so far, like if I look at the books that I have on my favorites list, they're often a little bit more microscopic. Um, I'm thinking of Good Company by Cynthia Dupree Sweeney, which is, uh, it does cover a lot of time because there are a lot of flashbacks, but it feels tighter and more um, closed in to me. And I didn't put it in this sweeping family saga list because just it just doesn't quite fit with the rest of these. But that's one that stands out in my mind as a recent read that kind of fits among these subgenres um, that I loved, but there is just something a little bit different about it. So I'm really excited to talk about these with you and to hear you explain some of the books that you have loved so that maybe I can decide where I might want to, where I might want to take my TBR for some of these books. Yeah. And I, I think I'll add that another, another thing I really appreciate about sweeping family stories is I, I actually like how they work kind of, I, I mean, how they complement more introspective stories, because I really like getting to know a character from their own perspective and how they see the world and how they see themselves and exploring them in that way. There's also something interesting with a more wide scale lens where you get to know a character not just based on who they think they are, but how all of the other characters see them and talk about them and relate to them. So I think both really work for people who like character studies. And that's certainly who I am as as a reader. So I think that there are things in a, in a lot of these that would appeal to people who love that more introspective introspective storytelling style, but there's that added element as well. So we're going to talk about classics first and the house of the spirits, which we've been discussing all month is such a great example of what you just talked about, where you get the perspective of many different characters. And then you also get to see how a character views themselves um, with Esteban, how he, how he views himself in the scope of the story compared to how all of the other characters view him. This is a sweeping family saga because it covers a lot of time, covers a lot of characters. I mean, this is probably like the iconic sweeping family saga if we had to pick one. <laughs> I think so. And I think this might be the one that really cemented this genre in my mind as something that I enjoyed and wanted to seek out. And I think this one in particular has that wide angle view where, like you've mentioned in our discussion episode, this book is very detailed, but it also, there's like almost a distance at the same time from from this family. And I, yeah, you just get that 
big overarching picture with the House of the Spirits. Another classic that we've covered on the podcast that we could fit under this umbrella is The Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. And I love this book. I think this fits maybe a little bit more um, in what I was talking about with my reading taste, where I really appreciate a little bit closer look at some characters. So this feels sweeping because we're talking about a few different families and we are talking about it's one of those immigrant stories, like I was saying, where we have multiple locations and we get to experience just like a sweeping migration. And we really get to see how intergenerational relationships play out. Not necessarily multi-generational, which I think I do associate more with sweeping. Like it needs to be like at least three generations or more maybe. But the Joy Luck Club just feels sweeping in its historical scope. And the storytelling is so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it has that multiple locations aspect that you're sweeping between uh, California and China and back again. And that does make it feel more like that saga, even though it might be a little bit tighter than some of the other stories on our list. Another book that I think really goes so well with the Joy Luck Club that we've also covered on the podcast is Love Medicine by Louise Erdrich. And I have to give a shout out to Louise Erdrich because just today, as we were right before we started recording, it was announced that she won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction for The Night Watchman, which I think could also be called a sweeping family saga and is great. But but we talked about love medicine on the show. Um, it is one of those sagas that's told almost in short story format where you really do get characters who they leap off the page right away. She's really good at fully forming characters so quickly. And then you get to see those same characters from the perspective of their neighbors and their family and realize that maybe you didn't have the whole picture of who they are. It's a really great, complex character study. And I like that it sweeps over two different families and how they interact, which is true of East of Eden by John Steinbeck, which we also have on this list. This is a huge novel, and I have to say, so East of Eden is like, what, 600 pages or something like that? I have to say, often, and I think this is probably why I haven't always picked up sweeping family sagas, is I think there is an association with them that they have to be really, really long. We do have some really long books on this list, but not all of them are. There's a mix on here as far as page length. But I do think there is that association. And so, and it's not exactly wrong. Like there are a lot of really big, chunky novels in this subgenre, but I just wanted to um, put that caveat out there for people who are like me, who tend to avoid super, super long books that not every book is as big as East of Eden. But (laughs) um, have you read East of Eden? Because I haven't. I, John Steinbeck is just kind of like on my meh list, like, is not a priority for me. <laughs> yeah. I um have you read Travels with Charlie, his like road trip memoir where he takes his poodle around the country? 
No, but I could get down with that. You should read that. If you're going to like, yeah. if you decide that you want to read some Steinbeck, I feel mm-hmm. like that that's my personal favorite <laughs> place to start. Um, I have read East of Eden. I don't even remember when. Not for a class, just as something I felt like I should or wanted to do. I really enjoyed it. He's great at creating a sense of place. Also, this is a myth retelling. It's it's the creation story and the fall of Adam and Eve and expulsion from the Garden of Eden, hence the name. And so, you know, that called to me as well. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, I really did enjoy this book, but it is not one that I think of often as I know it is for many readers who've read and love this, this for, for lots of readers becomes kind of a touchstone work of literature. It really is a powerful story about family and betrayal and faith. And I think Steinbeck is a, a great writer, especially if you do like that, that real in-depth cultivation of a sense of place. He can do that very, very well. Um, and I do think of his big books, I, I think I read maybe a third of Grapes of Wrath. It wasn't for me. East of Eden, I think because it is that family saga, myth retelling was a little bit more propulsive and enjoyable to me. If you enjoy family sagas like Downton Abbey, then Bride's Head Revisited is definitely a sweeping family saga to put on your TBR because it's very much in that realm. And it's just so, it's so quintessentially British. Yeah, I I really love Bride's Head Revisited. And this might, you know, this might toe the line between sweeping and just a tighter, complicated family story, but I like it. So much I wanted, I wanted to give it a shout out. I think it's a less read classic and really is, like you said, so good for fans of things like Downton Abbey. It is about a uh, young man named Charles Ryder who gets kind of caught up with this, this aristocratic family whose wealth and sway in their community is crumbling. They are also Catholic. So there's an interesting um, religious dynamic there for this this wealthy Catholic family in a very Protestant country. I love that their name is the Flights because they're, they do feel like flighty in their aristocracy. Um, the main character, this is the detail that sticks out to me all the time. <laughs> One of the main characters, Sebastian Flight, he carries a, he's in university, but he carries a teddy bear with him everywhere named Aloysius. And when we first got Bingley, I really wanted to name him Aloysius after Sebastian's <laughs> teddy bear. <laughs> I think that's adorable. You could have just called him Al. I know. Maybe our, our next doodle. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Uh, another quintessential British sweeping saga is Middlemarch by George Eliot, which is an, another book that I, I really, really love. But it is a big one, much bigger than Brideshead Revisited. I think Brideshead is closer to 350 or so pages. Middlemarch is, I don't know, 800. It's up there. But it is one of those that 
it follows, I'd, I think, about four families over the course of several decades. I think George Eliot just does a fantastic job of showing how characters, individual choices, and circumstances impact not only the trajectories of their own lives in ways that they could never expect, but but how all of our lives are these webs and our choices impact each other and the people around us. It it kind of feels more like a story of a whole village, hence being called Middlemarch, which is the name of the, the town. But there are those key families that you follow in their relationships throughout. H- have you read Middlemarch? Not yet. It's just it's so, so long. long. It's so long. Yeah. I would love to do like, you know, read it maybe over the course of the year and just like break it up really slowly. But I don't always read the best that way. So um, I I would love to get to it. And I certainly want to talk about it on the podcast, but I probably need that outside motivation in order to tackle it. So maybe have to figure out. Yeah. The best way to do it. Maybe it's over the course of a season, we do one mm-hmm. episode a month on Middlemarch or something like that where we could really break it down. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot. And I will say, I think it's really hard to get into. I had a couple false starts before I finally finished Middlemarch. So I, I completely understand people reading 50, even 100 pages and then just being like, nope. yeah, <laughs> this is not for me today. If you read The House of the Spirits along with us and you loved the mix of a family saga with magical realism, then another great book to pick up would be 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It's just a classic in the same realm and follows the story of a family but is totally imaginative and filled with magical realism and is just truly, I mean, such a, a perfect book flight with the House of the Spirits. And it's a work in translation. So if that's something that you're looking for as well, um, I think that 100 Years of Solitude is a is a good one to put on the list. Mm-hmm. This is one I need to reread slash read. I definitely read this in high school because I thought it was cool. And it was, but I don't think I yeah. really got it or even read it very carefully. And because I love the House of the Spirit so much, I want to pick up 100 Years of Solitude. This next book is on my TBR. Have you read this one? No, I want to, though, because this is like one of the dishy, fun family saga classics that just it sounds like a great summer read for sure. I consistently see it on lists with Outlander Mm. because it's also, there's like a pretty good dose of romance. We are talking about The Thorn Birds by Colleen McCullough. And this is about the Clearies and um, let's see, an Australian sheep station. So we've got like a great setting and there's like I said there's a bunch of romance here and is it like a forbidden love story kind of thing I that's don't how I know picture enough. it like, in my mind <laughs> well because it's compared to Outlander so much and and Outlander is like you know that super high tension drama 
and some, you know, somewhat forbidden romance, but also like the Outlander series follows the couples Mm -hmm. over the course of so Mm -hmm. many years. I think that that's what you get with the Thornbirds. And the Thornbirds was also, I think that it was um, a mini series. Yeah. So it's got to be juicy enough for TV. Yeah. It's been on my list for a while too. That that might be another um, fun piece of classic genre fiction to add to our to cover on the podcast list. Yeah, it's another really long one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, comp- if you stack it next to Middlemarch, I think The Thornbirds is probably a lot more propulsive and readable. Probably. I, I would I would bet so. <laughs> okay. I have not read this classic children's family saga, and I would like to remedy that at some point. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn by Betty Smith is one of those classic works of, of I don't know, middle grade, young adult fiction. Um, it follows a family in Williamsburg, but Williamsburg before it was gentrified and invaded by hipster coffee shops. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it's kind of got a lot of difficult things in it told from the perspective of a young girl. So Francie Nolan is our main character and she sees a lot of hardships in her family, alcoholism and um, relationships coming together and falling apart very quickly. So a lot of instability, but she is just one of those really tenacious characters that young girls fall in love with and and root for. So I think I know a lot of people cite this as a favorite of theirs from from growing up. And it's one that I would like to read at some point soon. It might be too focused on Francie to really count as a sweeping family novel because it is a coming of age story. But I just think that it fits so well in the category of like classics that really dig into the dynamics of a family and really show how the generations interact with each other and maybe how this generation handled something different than the next. Um, And so that's why, you know, it it squeezes on this list um, because it is beloved and it is such a family centric classic. But because it is a coming of age story and because like she's just such a strong main character, it might not fit as well with some of these that sort of um, are more sweeping in the scope of all the characters that they cover. But it is over 500 pages. So mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, breadth and how much it covers, I think I think it's fair to count it here. Okay, let's give people a short one. Okay. Because we need to balance out the page length a little bit, I think, because we've talked about a couple of really, really long big books in a row. But Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison is shorter and... I think that we could consider this a sweeping family saga. Um, just I've seen comparisons from this book to Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And uh, yeah, it's it's about a family's origins and Morrison just like 
follows the entire cast of characters over a period of time. I think this probably isn't the only work of Morrison's that would count as a sweeping family saga, but I think that this is one that pops to mind immediately. Yeah, and this is a Morrison that is on my TBR. I have not read this one yet, but I know a lot of readers who I really trust cite this as their favorite of hers. So I I really want to get to it. And I hadn't really thought about this as in that sweeping family story subgenre. Now that we've kind of categorized it there, I think that might be even more of the push that I need to to pick it up. All right, one back more, to the long ones. Yeah, yeah, one more like brick of a classic before we share some of the contemporary sagas that we either love or are excited about reading. We couldn't have this list without Roots by Alex Haley, which. I think clocks in at like 900 pages. (laughs) So something like that. Yeah. I mean, and this is just, it it is like, has long been one of the defining books, works of fiction about American chattel slavery and about the, the, the families that this American institution tore apart and, and tried to break down. And, um, it's also a, a mini series that's been also very critically acclaimed and I haven't seen and remade, sh- right? I think so. Like, um, or at least recently? maybe re-released. Um, I don't know. We will have to look that up and put, put that in the show notes, whatever answer we find. But yeah, it, it's supposed to be absolutely fantastic. And I think very, um, Alex Haley is a fantastic storyteller. Mm-hmm. He wrote with Malcolm X, the autobiography of Malcolm X, which we covered on, on the podcast. And I think this book is supposed to be very readable in terms of its narrative style, even though in, obviously in terms of subject matter um, has, has a lot for, for readers to, to process. Um, but I've heard that the characters are just like so well shaped and so I don't know real and I think that that's a what you want in any family saga and a really important uh thing to have in a book like this as well. Yeah, the subtitle is literally The Saga of an American Family. So mm-hmm. it's just I think it's the perfect way to wrap up that list of classics. Okay, we have been talking, Chelsea, about some long, long books today and a great way to help tackle those big, chunky books is with an audiobook. So our favorite audiobook company here at Novel Pairings is Libro FM. For a single $15 a month credit, you can get one of these 900 page books. Talk about bang for your buck. Yeah, The House of the Spirits isn't the longest book on this list, but I did primarily read it 
via audiobook and can't recommend that enough for the story. So if you want to join us in the fan club and just support Libro FM and all that they're doing for independent bookstores, switch over your subscription today. You can go to Libro.fm and when you sign up for a new membership, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, which is just a nice little bonus. And do that by entering code novel pairings at the checkout. We'll also put a link in our show notes just to make it easier for you. All right. Any of these contemporary books would be great on, on Libro as well. So mm-hmm. <laughs> let's throw out some of our favorite, more recent family sagas. Of course, we have to start with Homegoing. We already mentioned Homegoing by Yao Jesse at the top of the show, but this truly is an epic saga. It spans centuries. It spans continents. I think you meet about 14 family members in this book. And it's just a remarkable story from a remarkable writer. Yeah. And I think so even if sweeping family sagas maybe isn't your go-to, this also reads like a collection of interconnected short stories, which I love. So homegoing, there are a few ways to just sort of approach this book, but I think it's got such broad appeal because, yeah, Jessie is just an amazing storyteller. Absolutely. She is one of those great storytellers who can really make a character come to life in the, you know, 20 to 40 pages she devotes to their story in her book. It's it's really amazing. We've also already mentioned Outlander, but I love that you put that on the list because, of course, this gets gets classified as romance, as fantasy, and of, of course, it's both of those things, but it's definitely a sweeping family saga as well. More in the later books. So <laughs> Outlander, the first book in itself, is not necessarily a sweeping family saga, but If you read the full series, you absolutely get the sweeping family saga experience because it not only because of the time travel does it cover various times and places, but also you get to see Claire and Jamie and you get to see their children, their grandchildren, and just like this huge sprawling cast of characters that are also somewhat of a found family. And so the series in general is very, very much in line here, but not the first book itself, though. I have to say, I think like the first three or four books I really loved and I've really stalled out now that we've gotten to the Sweeping Family Saga point. Um, But that's not because of the family saga part. That's that is just because it is a really long series and there's just a lot to cover. And as much as I I really love reading about like Claire working in her vegetable garden or healing people, but not for just, 300 pages. Yeah. Just <laughs> or maybe yes slow. for 300 pages, but you have to be really in the right mood for it. It's true. And that's how it tends to go for me. I'll like get through half of the book and then I need to take a break from it for like eight months and then I can go back to it. And if I'm in the mood, I'll whip through it really quick. Mm-hmm. So that's the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon. One of my favorite contemporary family stories is A Place for Us by Fatima Farheen Mirza. And 
oh, Chelsea, I really want you to read this one because I think you would like it so much. It's an immigrant story, um, a Muslim American family living in California, and it spans uh, both before and after 9-11, which is like a both a minor and a major component of the book, which she just does in such a really wonderful way. This book really only looks at two generations. There's Layla and Rafiq. They're married. They are the, as a couple, they immigrated together. And then there are three children who were born in the U.S. But it does feel sweeping in the amount of time it covers in the back and forth between the present day timeline and then how she fills in the gaps of this family's story. And I think thematically it does what I love for sweeping stories, which it looks at basically causes and effects and how, you know, one generation's pain or trauma or hardships pops back up in the subsequent generation and how they both deal with that and process that and and heal or fail to heal. And this book, I, it's pretty rare for me to cry at books, but this book really had me in tears for like the last 40 or 50 pages. It's just beautiful. It's on my shelf. I have a copy of it. So. I do think you would like it. And it is longer. It's definitely not mm-hmm. like the longest book on this list by any means, but maybe around 400 pages. So to me, that that is often 400 pages and up. It's like, okay, I have to be ready for for a commitment and to know that I'm just going to be in this one book for a while. Okay, so this next book, Sarah, by Honoree Fanon Jeffers, who is a um, National Book Award-nominated poet. This is a debut fiction novel, The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois. And I am really excited about this one. I just told you about this one the other day. (laughs) And (laughs) um, your eyes lit up. So this is, I've seen in the blurbs the, like, comp titles, which aren't always accurate, but I'm really hoping that these are homegoing, sing unburied, sing the water dancer. Um, but basically this brand new debut novel, it comes out July 27th. So we're sorry, we're bringing one up that isn't out yet, but pre-order it. If this appeals to you, um, it follows one American family from the colonial slave trade through the Civil War up to our present day. And it sounds really, really good. It does sound so good. I pre-ordered it after you mentioned it to me. I don't know why it wasn't on my radar. It didn't, for whatever reason, it didn't make it into our anticipated summer reads episode, but it might be now my most anticipated summer (laughs) read. So I've also seen just great glowing reviews from readers I trust on Instagram. So I'm super excited to pick that one up. I have an advanced listening copy from Mm. Libro FM. And so I'm thinking that I might try it on audio first and see if that really works for me because I think it's got like full cast audio. Um, Otherwise, I've got a copy sitting on my Kindle. And so 
I will report back, especially if the audio is really good, because I'm excited to listen to it. And it's definitely one of those, like, you would get a lot for your credit because I think it's like 18 hours or something. Oh, that's awesome. And I think books written by poets often Mm -hmm. really lend themselves well to audio because their language is just often they can't help but write language that sounds good out loud. (laughs) I agree. Um, Another long book that is, I mean, it's been just like on my radar and I don't know if it's fully been on my to be read list, but every time that I'm at a used bookstore, I find it and I like hold it and look at it (laughs) is Pachinko um, by Min Jin Lee. And so I don't know. I'm curious about it. People who I know and trust their book recommendations have loved it. Um, but I, I'm just always hesitant to pick up a super long book. So have you read this one? No, which I really can't believe. I, I own it. And I think I even like recommend it when people ask me yeah. for family sagas, because I, I know that it's excellent and that, that people love it for that reason. Um, but yeah, I, I have not picked it up. I think for me, it's, yeah, the length. And then Mm -hmm. also I just, I know I'm going to love it. And so sometimes it's nice to have one of those on your shelf for when you need exactly that book and yeah, you need a win. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, I, I don't know, maybe this will be the year for me because I also, it's about a family in Spans, um, Korea and between Korea and Japan through the 20th century. And I got really interested in, in that historical place and time period after reading Inheritors by Asaka Saritsawa last year, which is actually another great multi-generational family saga. Um, so I I want to know more about that time and place as well. So I'll have to finally pick up Chinko. I know I'll love it. The Gilead series by Marilyn Robinson is another sweeping family saga. So you've read a couple of these? I've I've read three. I have not read Jack, the newest one that came out last year. Um though I definitely will. I kind of love this concept though of a sweeping family story told as a series or mm-hmm. as a collection of of novels. I read them out of order, so sometimes I hesitate to call it a series because yeah. that would mean I admitting that I did it wrong. Um, <laughs> I started with Lila and I think that's where it chronologically begins. And I wanted to read the book about the woman first. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, I, I, I love that because you don't have to commit to 800 pages at once. Each book is a succinct, is a contained story. And you really get to know really one one character the closest in each book, but you do meet the whole family in every book. And that way you can break up your sweeping saga. You don't have to, you know, sit down and read 800 pages from beginning to end. You can read one of the books and then return to this family. So I think that's actually a really lovely way to write a sweeping family saga. And Marilyn Robinson is just an incredible 
incredible writer. And I think, actually, Chelsea, I think you would like these a lot because they balance that introspective kind of microscopic view of one character with the intergenerational expansive element. It's a it's a great series. Well, certainly since they got those beautiful covers. Oh my gosh, got, how gorgeous are those covers? They're so pretty. <laughs> they're definitely more appealing to uh-huh. me because of those. <laughs> so maybe at some point I'll pick one up. Mm-hmm. You can start with Lila. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, listeners, if you enjoy these kinds of episodes where we get a little extra nerdy talking about subgenre or where we just get to casually recommend books to each other, you should head over to Classics Club because we've got a ton of bonus episodes and content over there just for you. So we would love to see you in our Patreon community. You can get live and recorded classes. We do those once a month. We have a book club chat once a month. And every Friday, we release a bonus episode. And we've been having a lot of fun creating that content. So go to patreon.com slash novel pairings to join our community and to support the podcast. And we would love to see you over there. Another great way to support the podcast is signing up for our weekly newsletter at novelpairings.substack.com that just allows us to communicate with you and tell you about all of the fun upcoming stuff we've got going on. And we we love seeing people subscribe over there because we know that they're they're getting a little bit of extra content over there or at least a collection of links related to our episodes. So novelpairings.substack.com is another place to go. We can't wait to hear about your favorite sweeping family sagas. So please do share and tag us on Instagram at novel pairings pod. You can also share when and where you're listening by tagging us in your Instagram stories. That is a great way to spread the word about novel pairings and help other readers find us. But you can also tell your friends by word of mouth that you're loving our episodes or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. Next week, we'll be back with an episode discussing The Summer Book by Tobe Janssen. Until then, we declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book.